And now, ladies and gentlemen, if you would, please welcome to the ice the members of the 2016 NCAA National Champions from the University of North Dakota. Welcome back to the Hasbins, presented by 10K Takes, brought to you always by the Chill Boys. And you can go on www.chillboys.com, and listeners, you can type in HB15 to get 15% off your first order from the Chill Boys. Get your underwear, socks, made out of bamboo. Tonight, we've got our producer, Jack Mason. We've got Trevor Olson, myself, Gage Osmus, and we've got a very special guest and another special guest on. This will be a special episode for you guys. But uh, the special guest is Reese Gaber. Thanks for joining us today. Um, and now, typically, folks, we would do our weekend recap, but we are going to skip that because it is in the Reese Gaber episode because we all had kind of had the same weekend. So now let's go on to the fun stuff brought to you by Butter Golf. Let's get into our predictions here. Um, tough, tough past weekend for all of us. It was it was a tough one to predict. You know, I'd like to say I was closest to the Minnesota Duluth or Duluth Wisconsin series. You were the closest. That is insane. I call the split. <laughs> I did not see a sweep. That is nuts. Um, God damn it. I'm not going to lie to you guys, and I said, this, I said this on Twitter. I fucking hate the dogs, personally. I don't actually... <laughs> I, I love the UMD Bulldogs as a school. I I love them. We need them. Personally, I hate them just because of our rivalry. But I was rattled when they got swept. I was I was pissed off. I was like, the, the dogs don't get swept by Duluth or Wisconsin. Yeah. My swept. my jaw my jaw dropped. I, I was I was dumbfounded. That that was that was nuts. I, I was not happy. I, w- I I thought I would be, but I'm not. I by by te- by technicality, Lakehead is would have swept Duluth too. Yeah, probably by probably by a bigger margin. They might have. <laughs> Duluth Duluth lost their cool. They got a couple of guys suspended. Yeah, it's a tough start to the season. It'll be interesting to see how they finish out. Um, but let's get on to our predictions for this week, and I want to start us out with Minnesota at Ohio State. And to remind you guys, Ohio State is on a heater. They're on a heater. They're doing well. Um, I'm going to start us off. I'm going to go split. I think Minnesota, right. you know, North Dakota, North Dakota fans won't love hearing this, especially since we have Reese Gaber on, but at this point in the season, I do think Minnesota is the number one overall seed. And there's no question to be asked. I mean, yeah, they're, they're, I, they are unbelievable. I would agree. 100%. So, yeah, I mean, I, I hate admitting it, but they, they this team they have is, it's nuts. But I'm going to yeah. say split. 
they're playing at Ohio State. It's a conference game. Ohio State's really good this year. I think Ohio State will somehow squeak one out against them. Okay. I like that. I like that. Mace, what do you got? You know, um, as much as Ohio State has been on a roll, after seeing that Minnesota-UND series, I mean, that was playoff speed. Like, that wasn't – I don't even know if any other team can compete with that. That was Frozen Four National Championship style game. Both those games were unfucking real Yeah, I I tweeted out after. I hope that they play in a big game in the future. I think that that would be the best thing for college hockey with those fans, uh, wherever they play. Um, It's just a a high-level game. It was interesting because there were some penalties on both sides uh, that kind of changed the complexion of each game. But um, I'd love to see them in an all-or-nothing game in the future. And, I mean, now against Ohio State, I mean, I think they're just going out blazing. I think it's going to be 2-0, go for sweep. All right. I like that, Mace, power move. Um, I, I'm i going to have to uh, go with that as well. I think, that, I think the Gophers have a bad taste in their mouth on Saturday from their Saturday loss, uh, giving up two goals. I think Monsko is in their ear about some of the stuff that went on. Um, I think they come out guns blazing as well. I think Minnesota sweeps in Ohio State. Now, what, what do we think happens to Pitlick? Throwing the throwing the stick in the stands, unbelievable, unbelievable family. I mean, you got you got to know Bob Motzko. He's an old school coach. He's not standing for that. I mean, something's got to be done. Yeah, I'm not sure. Somebody somebody said, you know, I get it if it's like a game winner or whatever it might have been, but it was 2-0 in the first period, wasn't it? 2-0 in the first yeah, or 2-0 early second? 2-0 second, and, second, I think, yeah. And, and, he, and he flips it in the crowd. I'd, I mean, it's an absolute power move, and if they had won, it would have – would have been unreal for the Gophers fan. Like if they went on to win six, zero is like, Oh, we knew it right then the game was over. But the fact that the the tables turn and the momentum switched, it's just like, Oh, it's a head scratch. It was, it was one of the most high risk, high reward celebrations I've ever seen. I mean, the, the, the reward was a mile away. It was at Mars and the risk was at the sun. It was astronomical, and if they would have won that game, I mean, that he might go down as the coolest gopher to ever play. Mm-hmm. And now that it went the other way, it's a little different, so you can make your speculations. But at the time, I won't lie, some North Dakota fans will disagree, but I thought it was fucking sick. He threw the stick in the sands, and I'm like, holy fuck. That is sick. <laughs> I'm not going Mace, Mace, you were sitting right next to it. What, what were what were you thinking? Yeah, and I was live tweeting through the whole game. So I tweeted like, yo, what the fuck is that? Like, yo, what is this dude doing? Because, <laughs> I mean, I was into the game. Like, it was 2-0. We weren't playing the best game I've ever seen. But, I mean, then we turned it the fuck around. We get one goal. I mean, I'm live tweeting the game. I couldn't even finish my tweet before we got the next one. Like, yeah. it was a completely different team after that. Like, as much as a rock star moves that, like Veach said, wrong place and wrong time. It was. 
now knowing what we know, wrong the yeah. wrong time. Mm-hmm. All right, let's move on to the second series. Western Michigan versus Michigan. Home and home. Mace, you want to go first? Yeah, sure. I'll go first. Um, I'll take a split series. I haven't really heard too much about either. I mean, I know, I think Western Michigan split against Alaska this weekend, but I could be completely wrong. So I'm taking split. All right. Gage, you, you want it? Yeah. I'm, you know, this is going to, this is going to go against everything, you know, I believe in, but I think, I think Michigan sweeps them. Um, they're playing the first night in Lawson. They've got, you know, Michigan's got Fantilini or Fantilli or whatever. He's supposed to go third or fifth overall. He scored in every game they've played. I think Michigan is still a powerhouse. They're, that's not being talked about. Um, I don't really know what Western Michigan has to bring this year, so I'm, I'm going to go Michigan sweep. I, I like that. I'm going to, I'm going to second that. I think Michigan sweeps. I think they grab the one on Friday and loss, and then they come home uh, and win like five, one um, Western just hasn't showed me anything. And, you know, Gage and I will say it later in the podcast with the Reese Gaber interview. We're huge Western fans. Uh, we love what they do over there, but I think that it's kind of a struggle bus right now. So I think Michigan grabs too. For sure. Well, let's move on to the next one. Um, Cornell at Minnesota Duluth. And this is this is me up first here. That's you. Ish. Um, I'm going to go with, uh, I think, a cop-out here. I'm going to go with a split. Uh, I think Duluth grabs at least one. Um, if I was ballsy, I would have I chose them to bounce back and have a sweep. Uh, sweep over Cornell. Um, but I'm going to go one and one. They got that kid uh, suspended um, after his little cross check at the end of the game there. Um, but but I, I think Duluth has to grab one at home against Cornell. So I'm going split. I like that. I, I am actually going to go Duluth sweep. Duluth sweeps Cornell out of there. They're going to get back into the race. They're going to, they're going to get back into the season a little bit. I just don't believe Duluth will, you know, they've had a tough start to the season. I don't believe they're going to lay down and call it. They've, they've got to show something here. They know what's on the line in this weekend. They're going to sweep. You know, I think I'm going to go with Trevor. I think they're going to split. I think Kaiser's out for the first game. I'm going to go split. I like that. I think, I think if gate or I think if, um, if we're right Mace and I think if Western gets swept, I think the NCHC is in a lot of trouble pairwise. Yeah. I think they're in in a ton of trouble with the way that the NCHC has started non-conference. I think that they are in trouble. So I, I feel like this is a huge weekend for the NCHC. Well, on to the next one, obviously NODAC versus ASU in Vegas. I will start us off here. Um, and we're going to predict the score as well. I'm going to say 4-1 North Dakota. There's no way, you know, after that weekend that has had, I mean, all-time high, obviously 
didn't win both games, could have, could have lost both games as well, but they've showed what type of team they are, what type of perseverance they have. I think they're going to come out swinging against ASU. They lost last year against Penn State in uh, Nashville. They're not going to let it happen again in front of those two fans. 4-1 victory. Pretty dominant, too. Mace, go ahead. I mean, coming off a game like that, a series like that, I mean, both teams looked unreal. Both looked dominant. I'm taking... I'm taking five one no deck. I think they're putting it up against some ASU's going back. Sorry, I don't think it's gonna be good. I was going to say I mean North North Dakota's gonna win that game. It's dependent on um how many goals ASU puts up. Um so I, I'm gonna say uh I'm gonna say four two. I think they grab grab two power play goals or something, but I think overall, like Gage said, it's it's a demanding um, looks like a demanding win. They don't give up a whole lot except for a couple power play goals for two North Dakota. Well, let's 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 all hope that's the case, I guess. But uh, ASU's coming off a couple good wins and against NCHC again. Yeah. It's been a crazy start, a little and, sweep and, against CC. Yeah, and and they're gonna. I mean, they're gonna they're gonna be pumped. Anyone playing in front of those fans in Vegas can imagine that hype that's going into that game. Um, now let's move on to the nail gun of the week, and I've got a few on my mind. Does anyone else want to start us off? Do you want us to go? Because I'm not gonna lie, I have four of them. So, I mean, I think we can get all. I think all of us can get one out of the way right now and say the guy who threw the stick back. I mean, a hundred percent, completely nail gun move. Guy just guy just catches a college hockey stick and he goes, "Nope, why did you take he that goes, back?" He goes full baseball mode and throws the ball back. He throws the stick back. <laughs> that was the sickest. I was so I was so rattled after that goal, and he threw the stick over the stands, and I'm like looking away. I'm like, "Oh God, this is fucked." And then I see the stick go back on the ice, and I'm like, "Let's fucking go! We got some life." <laughs> oh, that's un that's unreal. Did I wasn't I wasn't at the game? Did was it like seen right away? Did the the crowd no. erupt? Bad? Like I didn't see how everything played out. No, I mean, it kind of played out for a while. They scored the goal. He chucked the stick in the stands, and then everyone's like, "Holy fuck!" Like he he threw the stick in the stands. Like this is nuts. And then all of a sudden. You just see, like, I was sitting on the same side, and Mace was sitting closer to him, I guess, but I was sitting right above him, and all of a sudden I see the stick being thrown back on the ice, and I'm like, let's fucking go. <laughs> Are you kidding me? They tossed it back. Like, that's unbelievable. I mean, the chances that ended in a gopher's, that stick ended in a gopher fan's st- hands, it's got to be like 70 to 30%. I thought like that would be sold on eBay the next day for $500. And this thing just gets chucked back on the ice. And I'm like, that is fucking sick. I mean, <laughs> read through it and it went right up the alley, like right up the stairs. And it was right next to this Nodak guy. He grabs it and he holds onto it for one second and he thinks about it. All of a sudden he stands up, 
baseball throws it right over that shit. <laughs> fucking waves his hands yeah and no I, big deal i saw that i saw the video too i mean what a nail gun oh i saw God. the video too and there's a bunch of minnesota fans like no give it to me give it to me they're like trying to stop him from throwing it and he's like looking back at him like fuck you tosses it back in the ice i was so hyped up oh, oh my God. so sick <laughs> um so yeah i mean obviously that's one of our nail guns of the week i'll start us off here with um, I've got a, this happened at a Kentucky basketball game, a father of a son there. His son went to the game with the mom. He was working late in the mines, you know, mining. So his face is all black. He's in this, he's in his work suit and he shows up to the game. They get a picture of him sitting at the game. And his face is black and he just had to get to the game with his son straight after work. No shower. What a goddamn nail gun. I mean, that guy is all time. (laughs) Just wants to get to the basketball game with his son. Doesn't care what his face looks like. Doesn't care what he's wearing. There's nothing more nail gun than that. And then I did want to shout out the uh, Chicago protectors. So everyone knows Chicago's got some uh, bad crime. Well, there's a there's a group of African African American men that wear these Letterman jackets that are red sleeved, black down the middle, and they kind of they're going around trying to protect Chicago from crime. Um, I just think that's so nails. You know these these guys are volunteers. It's it's one thing if you're a cop. You're getting paid to do it. These guys are just doing it out of the goodwill of their heart. Unbelievable shit. I can't imagine being that, you know, being one of those guys doing that, you know, spending your time that you get on this earth that we all know isn't much. They're spending it protecting people in Chicago, trying to stop crime. You got to give it up to those guys. Absolute nail guns. And my third one, I did have four, but my fourth one was obviously the guy who threw it back. My third one <laughs> is going to be Mark Sendon, fucking born in Wyzetta, Minnesota, wins a state championship. He's a Twin Cities boy. Almost could say he's a cake eater playing for Wyzetta. Chooses to go to the University of North Dakota. Lifts a Penrose. As the captain of the team, comes back to Minnesota, loses a game that they were up with a minute 30 left. They go down 2 nothing on Saturday, come back, go to OT, scores the game winner. Nothing more nails than that. I mean, that is just all fucking time. You can't be. Unreal story. Unreal story. I mean, imagine, imagine you did that. Imagine that was your story. That's incredible. Guy just comes back and just wins it against his hometown team. I can't imagine. You can't, can't even write it better than that. No, like, no, you can't. So those, can't. Are, those are all my nail guns of the week. I wanted to shout them out there, but uh, there's a lot of them. But um, Mace, do you have a nail gun? Yeah, I got one. I mean, it should be fairly obvious. I mean, I got a shout out Shane Pinto. Five yeah. goals, no! five games. That was mine. 
Save nail guns. I love it. I love it, Mace. I love it. Go ahead. Are you kidding me? I mean, I got him on my fantasy hockey team. He's lighting it up. He's getting me points. I love it. I love seeing him up there. There's nothing. I love that. I'll add on to that. I'll add on to that five, five game goal streak to start the year. Uh, I think the, the record's eight or something. So we're rooting for him. Uh, but Mace, that's hilarious. I love that pick. <laughs> I'll throw a random out there. Philly Kessel. Oh, Philly Kessel. Oh, what yeah. Call. oh yeah. I'm, I, it just popped into my head. Phil Kessel, Iron Man streak, and he tucks. And he tucks in the in the game. What what, what how many tucks, games is it? He tucks them for 400, 400 goals too. Game hundred. Yeah. Four hundred goals and what was it? Nine hundred ninetieth game. Good lord. Nine hundred and ninety straight NHL games. Ish. I th- at least I think that that's what it was. I think it is. I think it is too. The thrill. Yeah. Philly cheese. The guy is just He's de- defied logic. He's defied everything. He's the, he's the goat. That's what, that's what I'm saying. They should do documentaries on guys like that. The guy eats fucking hot dogs for dinner. <laughs> and we've got Dude. guys, we've got guys fucking drinking smoothies full of kale and all the fucking chicken breasts. And we got Philly Kessel playing the most games in a row in the national league ever. And the guy's fucking pounding fucking health missiles. <laughs> Dude, do you guys remember Philly Kessel's interview uh, where uh, what's what's the annoying guy's name? I forget his who's the guy in between the Pierre Pierre, Pierre McGuire Pierre McGuire interviews him, and it's after whatever you know he's he's breathing hard, and uh, he asks uh, it's after the first period, and Pierre McGuire goes, "Hey Phil, you know how's your breath?" And he's like. Oh, it's bad, isn't it? He thought he was talking about like his actual brain. He just doesn't give a shit, man. Oh, what a call. That's Philly Kessel's an all-time legend. He's a national treasure. Yeah. He really is. I had to. I had to. I can't believe Mace and I had the exact same one, but I'm glad I, I dug deep for the Philly Kessel yeah. one. That's all time. Um well That'll bring us into bring us to an end to the fun stuff. Now on to what you guys want to hear. Current North Dakota hockey player Reese Gaber on next. Now I think you guys will enjoy this one. Now on to Reese Gaber. And now I'd like to welcome on a very special guest, one of our favorites we've ever had, Reese Gaber. Current player of the North Dakota hockey team. Gabe's, thanks for coming on, man. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me, boys. Uh, looking forward to this. Perfect timing. Perfect timing after uh, this last weekend. This, sh- this should be a good one. Yeah, you bet. Yeah, yeah. just get them on right after one of the most epic college hockey weekends I've ever seen in my life. This, I, I can't <laughs> wait to hear what he has to say about it. Um, yeah, I mean, we're going to start it off a little different. Gabers from uh, Gilbert Plains, Manitoba. Once again, just a great northern toba boy we love the toba boys on this podcast here and uh haven't really met a, a bad toba guy in my life so um gabriel i haven't really i haven't really gotten the chance to hang out with you too much i've I've gotten to know you a little bit i remember your freshman year watching uh the first weekend and uh i just see your name reese gabriel and i'm like fuck that's a sick name 
I remember tweeting out, I'm like, Reese Gabriel, what a fucking sick name. I'm going to be a fan of this guy. And uh turned out to be right, man. You, you've been a stud for North Dakota ever since. I actually remember that tweet. That's uh, that's funny you mentioned that. I completely forgot about that. Gage tweets so much, I'm surprised you remember a singular one. <laughs> yeah, it is what it is. You know, the, you got to give the people what they want. So, um no, let's let's recap our weekends here, and obviously brought to you by Beauty Status. And folks, Beauty Status is an authentic Minnesota hockey brand. Just you know, original stuff: t-shirts, head covers, stickers for the man cave, flags, polos. They've got it all. Good Minnesota hockey stuff for all the fans out there. Go and check out Beauty Status um, on all socials. Their website is www.beautystatushky.com. Well, who wants to start? Let's hear, uh, you know, what did we get up to this weekend? You know, Reese, what did you get What what did you get up to this weekend? I'd like to know. Oh, we had a heck of a weekend in Minneapolis and Mariucci. Um, a, lot of, a lot of tough ones slip on, on Friday night, but uh, uh, we were able to get one back and get a big overtime uh, win against the Ghosts on Saturday, which was, was huge. And uh, obviously kind of win that series, I guess, in, in pairwise uh, points. So, yeah, that was definitely huge for us. And uh, got home real late. I think it was like 4, 4 a.m. on uh, Sunday and head to bed. And, uh, yeah, just kind of took it easy. So Yeah, not much else you can do after that. I mean, get home at 4 a.m., but, fuck, that's got to be a nice bus ride home. Little different, you know, from my bus ride home from the Mariucci. We tie uh, Friday night and then lose Saturday, and it's uh, it's a fucking long one. You, you stay <laughs> off the socials, you stay off the Sioux forum. You don't want to be reading any of that, you know. But yeah, uh, fuck that. It, you, you had to been. I can imagine, you know, you had to been. The boys had to get on the bus and been like, Bob's Jacks. Let's make a pit stop over at Sally's just for a couple minutes, eh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We actually we stopped at a gasser on the way home and we were making a few jokes about it. It was just Jax on the bus with us and we were making some jokes, but uh, yeah. Jax, Jax is like one of the boys. I love it. He just oh, gets it. He's all time. Yeah, he gets it. Is right. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, Ols, yeah. what did you get up to this weekend? Yeah, you know there was like like uh, Gaber said, you know there was this huge weekend in, in Minneapolis. We obviously live here now, so uh, I made the trek over to Sally's Saloon at about two thirty p.m. on Friday, uh, right when my shift got up from work. Um, I would say I got there a little early. You know, I was as Stephen Glansberg at Sally's for a little bit, sitting little, by myself. Got a little horny. I got I always, I always get a little horny, you know, Friday comes along, sewer in town to play the golfs. I head to Sally's for a quick high noon or 12. Um, so we ended up sitting, uh, Colton Sanderson guy. I haven't seen in a little bit. Bryn Chizik, uh, Nick Matson, another guy, another, uh, Sue alum, uh, an engager and, and a few more. Uh, we enjoyed some bevies at Sally's. Um, unfortunately, Finances are tight, so I didn't make it to the game, but I watched um, from the bar, and it was a it was a heck of a game Friday night. And then Saturday, I I shelved it. I I sat on the couch, kicked my feet up, uh, watched um, all on my lonesome. Fantastic win, huge comeback. I was live tweeting throughout the whole game. Pretty fun time. So uh, pretty laid back, and then obviously Sunday Sunday football. So 
Uh, great overall weekend. Always. Mace, Mace, what did you get up to this weekend? You get to the games? Yeah, so I had tickets for both games, Friday and Saturday. And on Friday, went over Sally's before, met up with Gage and Trevor as well. Uh, got a few brews back before the game. Uh, it was a damn good game. Uh, tough turnout, but then on Saturday, tailgated a little bit before the game, trying to bring tailgating back to hockey. You know? Oh, yeah. And then uh, saw a damn good game that night and then did nothing on Sunday. Just laid on the couch all day. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, we all had similar weekends. That's why I wanted to bring it up. Uh, obviously, you know, that Friday, knew the boys were coming into town. Uh, fuck, I had to work all day, but it was impossible to keep my focus on work. Like, I'm just fucking amped. Like, all I'm thinking about is the Sioux game. Oh, my God. I got Crispin Green, got the green smoothie just for the boys. Fucking brutal. Tasted like fucking leaves and shit, but... Um, Got her through, drank it down, you know, fucking got, tried to be healthy before I, uh, you know, deleted about 50 drinks on the weekend. Um, but no, got to the game Friday or obviously went to Sally's before and then got to the game. Unbelievable atmosphere in Mariucci, just incredible, you know, support from both sides. I don't know what the Gophers fans look like this year when they play normal teams, but, uh, you know, the rink's almost 50-50 and, and, you know, you've got Let's Go Sue chants. You've got the anthem. Um, after the anthem ends, everyone's saying Sue, and half the crowd's saying Gophers. They don't really say that normally, but when the Sioux come to town, they fucking try to beat us at it, and it's just it's dust. But um, No, and then Saturday, went back to the game, obviously had to. Uh, Reeser, I'm not going to lie, man. I was scared coming into Saturday because, you know, you guys give up that – you give up that lead Friday night and end up losing the game um, in in overtime. So it's like you know, fuck. Am I gonna? You know, I'm gonna. I might eat some here later tonight if we lose this one. You know, don't know what's gonna, don't know how it's gonna turn out. And then uh, you know, early on in the game, obviously everyone knows we're kind of getting we're kind of getting pounded. It, it's fucking. No one realizes how tough it is to play the Gophers at the Mariucci in that atmosphere when the Sioux come to town because their fans, you know, obviously hate us so much and um, they really show out. And, it, you know, the 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 atmosphere in the game, it goes, they go up 2 nothing. fucking Pitlick throws his stick in the stands. And I'm like, oh, God, we're going to lose 10 nothing. That is fucked. <laughs> that was literally right next to me in the stands. <laughs> Holy fuck. I was like, what the fuck was that? And then... And then obviously after everyone knows the fucking story, but fuck yeah. I got I got to I got to ask Reed, what's the thought process when that happens? I mean seriously. Yeah, I I kind of I was on the bench at the time. I'm like, holy shit! Like, like I don't know. I, I my first reaction was because right after he did it, he kind of skated away from his teammates. Then he like stopped, turned around like they weren't coming, so he kept going, and then he stopped again by the bench, and then did the flyby. I'm like, okay, that just looks stupid. And then like guys on the bench were just like screaming, they're like, like we don't let that shit happen, like none of that, like fuck that, and um, kind of caught a fire um on the bench, I think, and and that really pissed some guys off, and obviously kind of was a turning point of the game. So um, yeah, that was kind of the reaction from from our end of it. Yeah, I mean, it had to be, you can't, you know, you see that happen against you, you can take it, you know, I really commend you guys and your team this year, um, and obviously you don't know the, the identity of a team, uh, 
um, right away in the season, and you kind of build it throughout the year. But what you guys showed there, I mean, you guys were getting pounded up until it was 2 nothing, and then that happened. And, you know, some teams are going to fucking quit right after that, and they will get blown out. I mean, you come back and score four unanswered goals. You score three within, I don't even know how many, it was like a minute and a half or something. It was absolutely ridiculous. I mean, I, I lost my voice after the third goal. I almost passed out. I was screaming so loud. Like, uh, I like lost, I, was, I got a little dizzy, like almost went black. I'm like, holy fuck, I got to stop screaming. Like, I got to settle down here. But uh, no, I mean, that was unbelievable by you guys. You know, you, you handled it the right way and not every team can do that. Um, especially in that environment, playing on that ice, it's a different game, I think, a little bit from NHL, um, and they're and they're so used to playing on it, so they have the advantage playing there, I believe. But you guys handled it so well; it was just it was unbelievable to see. I, I did I did not see that happening when you guys went down to nothing. So um, I really got to give you guys credit for coming back in that game. It was just it's just unbelievable that that series will go down as one of the best Sue Gopher series of all time for sure. Um, both games going to overtime. So you know what what is that? You know does that do you are you guys aware of that on the bench? Like holy fuck! After the game's over Saturday, you got, are you guys thinking about like Jesus? That was that was one of the biggest series between these schools like of all time, or is that not you guys are just pumped about the win? Yeah, I think right away after we were kind of just pretty pumped. And um, obviously, like you said, it's um, just the culture here. Obviously you guys know, um, you know, just having that pride to keep battling, whatever, whatever the score is. And um, yeah, I think kind of as we got on the bus and started getting home, we kind of started talking like about big moments that have happened in, in this past series. Um, um, and we kind of just started talking and bringing up different moments that have happened. And then um, we were kind of saying, like, yeah, this is probably going to go up there as, as one of the, the top series between these rivals. Because, I mean, obviously, like you said, back-to-back OT games and um, just, like, the, the momentum changes in both games. So, um, yeah, I think we kind of started to, to realize that once we uh, got on the bus and we're on our way home. Yeah. And, and you know, they go up 2 nothing, And I remember as a player – you can feel momentum shifts like they're they're a real thing you can feel them inside your body you know they go up to nothing as a fan now I can even fucking feel it in my body you know it's like oh you're defeated and then that you're defeated and then that happens and then you you get a little life you score a goal and then the momentum just absolutely shifts so fucking hard um is that something like you guys were aware of at the time, like, holy fuck, we got this thing going. I mean, it was right after that, you guys just started pounding them. I and mean, you haven't, you hadn't really gotten any shots right away after that, but, um, or before that, but right after that, I mean, it was like a whole different game. It wasn't even the same game that we were watching, you know, those first, before those first two goals. So, um, I mean, where do you go? Where does that come from? You know, does that come from the coaches? Does that come from the leaders in the locker room? your guys chemistry how you guys handle each other the team you know the team chemistry where where does it come from i think a little bit of everything um i think that one of the big things there was um obviously we got to we went on the power play and i think it was right then when cooley got the the five minute and they reviewed it and um i think obviously a little bit of leadership too the boys were like come on like like this is it now like let's go this is our opportunity let's let's get these guys back and um yeah i think kind of just the energy on the bench went right up and um i think the trust and, and the confidence we have in our in our power play was obviously something that really helped us once we got one we were like 
Uh, we're, we're coming back. back. Like, let's do this thing. Um, and I think we have strong belief in, in our locker room, and I think that kind of showed. And obviously then you got guys like Sendo and, and Dale and, and Jammer going out there and just banging bodies, and then they pot one, and we're like, holy shit. Like, no, like it's still time. It's unreal. <laughs> have you have you guys thought about, um, you know, playing Quinnipiac in Minnesota very early in the season? Obviously, like top-tier teams. Um, obviously, the Quinnipiac series didn't go the way you guys wanted to. You know, you grabbed one from the Gulfs. Um, how do you guys move forward? You know, especially you're not going to see some of those top tier um, teams every weekend. So how do you guys build momentum and keep that going throughout the season uh, with the thought of playing these teams again? Yeah, I think we know, like, obviously those two teams are going to be top teams in the country all year. And uh, we know we can play with them. And I think kind of the theme around the rink has been like, um, you know, where we're at right now isn't isn't even close to what we're going to be at the end of the year. Um, so we got a lot to improve on and we're just going to get better and better and um, even scarier as the year goes on, which is, I think, really exciting for us. And obviously, once we get into that NCHC gauntlet, um, I think well, obviously we know we have so many returners and we know what that's like. And um, yeah, just kind of going through that, I think we're really excited to kind of prove ourselves and and just keep the momentum, obviously, knowing that we can play with um, anyone in the country. Yeah, and also I like that you brought up the Quinnipiac series, and I, and that Quinnipiac series was tough to swallow. Obviously, you guys have the lead. Uh, I think Friday and end up end up tying and losing there at home. That's you know I'm not gonna lie. When I saw that, I was a little I was a little like happy because I'm like you know what this is gonna this is gonna push the guys to to bring it even more against Minnesota. Like their backs are against the wall a little bit. They're not gonna want to lose. You know a couple series in a row, this is going to push us to be a little better. Um, so I was happy to see that. And like all said, it's nice to play those teams early on. So you know what you're up against. And I believe you for sure. Like you guys aren't the team you're going to be in January and February. And that's kind of been the tradition of the UND hockey program. We always kind of start a little slow and then you end the, the second half strong. And I think it's because, you know, a lot of the guys have to, you know, learn the culture, learn the ways. And a lot of your guys, good players, and, and some of your, I think, some of your guys' best players potentially at the end of the season are some of the freshmen, which, you know, they probably aren't up to speed quite yet, but come the end of the year, um, they'll be right there. And, and just a weekend like this has to give you guys so much confidence. You know, you can, you know, you can go down 2 nothing in a hostile arena and come back and win a game after kind of dropping a game where you're led with a minute 30 left that just I mean as a team to me that just shows the identity and and how special you guys ha- you guys are right now and and how special the season could be in the end yeah oh I 100 100% agree I think uh yeah I said it very well like even you know going into a hostile environment and, and being down like uh the weekend four obviously against QPAC we were down three nothing and four one and uh, clawed back and um, yeah I think we have these flashes where we know how special we can be and like you said like some of our freshmen they're um, they're elite they're very elite so I'm excited to see obviously it's their first taste of college hockey and once they get in a groove and kind of um, you know obviously learn the culture better and get going I'm, I'm uh, really excited to watch them throughout the course of the year. So how do you guys how do you guys handle the you know you you go into minute. You play Quinnipiac, huge series. You go to Minnesota, probably one of the biggest series you'll play in college, 
And then you're off to Vegas to play another huge game in front of a bunch of crazy UND fans um, in a Hall of Fame game there. I mean, how <laughs> it's just a hell of a sequence of, of weekends here for the boys. I mean, you guys are going down to Minnesota, you're driving back, and now you're flying out to Vegas to stay in the MGM and play the Arizona State whatever sun devils. And I mean, they're coming off a pretty good, I mean, they just swept the team and, and they're coming, they're coming in pretty hot. You know, does the, does the game plan change at all there? Or are you guys just worrying about yourself and just wanting to play your game? I think the big thing is just worrying about ourselves. Um, I think the one good thing about these games is it's, it's easy to get up for, um, you know, momentum, uh, or not so much momentum, but, um, just getting up for the game shouldn't be a thing at all. It's, uh, that's pretty auto. And, um, I think, like you said, like, uh, ASC, they got a good team this year. Um, but we know what we just faced back to back weekends here and, um, you know, we'll be ready. We're, we're excited. And obviously, uh, having that, uh, that crowd there this weekend that's, that we're going to witness is it's pretty eye opening. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm damn excited to get there. Yeah. Um, one thing I wanted to bring up, uh, before we hop into more of your career, uh, in general, um, you know, back when we, Gage and I used to play, we were always looking at the pairwise rankings, right? You know, that's like the tell-all, um, and you spoke upon, you know, just worrying about yourselves. I think that's more evident this year, especially because um, the NCHC kind of has taken a step back uh, to start the year. You know, uh, Duluth got swept at home against Wisco. Omaha got swept by Niagara. So, I mean, though. Does that come into play at all? Do you guys think about that at all? Or is it strictly, you know, it's on our shoulders. It doesn't matter what happens to them. We just got to take it by the reins and go. Yeah, I don't think we're worried too much about it. I think, um, like, I think we were looking after the game on on Saturday and we were, like, 25th in pairwise or something. And we're, like, you know, it's not – Bubs always says it's not where we're at right now. It's where we end up. And um, I think like you guys know the, the brand of the NCHE, it doesn't matter if you're a two seed going into the tournament or a four seed, you're going to have a hell of a time playing that NCHC team. So um, pairwise doesn't obviously, you know, you got to get in that top 16, but um, I don't think it really matters too much because, you know, like whoever's facing an NCHC team, um, good luck because it's going to be a hell of a test. So um, yeah, that's not too much on our mind, just worrying about ourselves. Yeah, that's the, that's the right way to look at it. And I did want to, I do want to circle back a little bit to uh, the Minnesota series because I got to ask this question. I did a little pregame thing for uh, a college hockey brand. There, they asked me a question. You know, what's Brad Berry saying in the locker room on Saturday um, after you guys lose Friday a little bit? Kind of a, I, mean, I don't know. You, you guys might be a little rattled about losing that one. What does Brad Berry say on Saturday? And and you know, my guess was it's like, I don't know, man. There's not much to say to the guys when they're playing Minnesota. It doesn't matter Friday, Saturday. It's like all these guys in this locker room know what's on the line and they know how many fans are watching and it means just as much to them as, as anyone. So my answer was, you know, I don't think Brad has to say anything. These guys, this is a weekend. That was a weekend, like captains, coaches, they're not, there doesn't have to be much motivational talk to try to hype guys up. It's already there. Like that not much has to be said. Is that, is that true? Yeah, that's pretty spot on. Obviously we were disappointed after, after Friday and we know we we're better than that, but um, you know, I, I think uh, you gotta, you just gotta play for the pride and um, coming in Saturday. I think you, you walk in that locker room and you kind of have a feeling that the, the business suits are going to be hanging up and 
you walk in and those those things are uh hanging up in your stall and you're like let's fucking go like it's, it's time it's oh, yeah. like nothing needs to be said you're just like yeah. just yeah dialed automatically it's it's pretty sweet so yeah there's no feeling there's no feeling like that walking in the locker room and you see the black the black business suits hanging up you're just like let's fucking go baby yeah. auto goosebumps it's yeah. yeah goosebumps and then like in the back of my head i was like fuck this is gonna be a sick fucking instagram lately <laughs> you know like this is gonna be nasty fucking so many so many fucking smokes are gonna like this it's gonna be nasty <laughs> um but no yeah i mean obviously going into vegas so gabriel now we'll kind of get into uh your career here a little bit and how you came up obviously i stated you're from manitoba um gilbert plains I see you went and played in Dauphin in the MJHL when you were 16 years old, your first year. So our main question of the Canadian guys is, you know, when you're growing up playing hockey, obviously hockey is a huge part of the thing. And we always ask guys in America, you know, when did you know you wanted to play hockey? I think it's a little different for Canadians because hockey is kind of a religion there. Everyone does it. Um, You know, why did you did you why did you go to juniors? Were you were you thinking about the WHL at all? You know what was your route? What were your what was your thought process there when when playing for Dauphin your first time? Uh yeah. So in the uh, I think my it's kind of funny. Like I always tell the story. My draft year. Um. So there's the MJHL draft and the WHL draft. Um. So I got passed up in the WHL draft and the MJHL draft. There's only six rounds. I think it went like fifth round. And I was 4'11", 95 pounds at the time. And the head coach of Dauphin at the time, he said when they when they called my name, like people in the room started laughing because they're like, this kid's like, he's a midget. You know? <laughs> and, uh, so yeah, well, anyway, I got drafted and um, they I always cheered up or grew up cheering for them. And um, obviously growing up as a kid in, in Western Canada, the, the dub is always kind of, um, you want to get drafted dub playing the dub. That's, you know, the sick thing to do. Right. And, um, you know, I was, I was a more of a late bloomer and I started, uh, getting some interest from schools and, um, a few people started putting it in my ear, like, you know, it's, it's a longer runway, um, more time for development to kind of start looking at college. And, um, you know, after my first year, I started talking to some more schools and, um, just beca- kind of became a thing where um, I, I had an option to go to Brandon in the dub and um, I figured I needed a longer runway. So, um, you know, I started looking at USHL and then obviously uh, played two years in the MJ and um, got got some looks from USHL teams and, and went down there. And um, obviously it turned out to be a really good decision for me um, just being a late bloomer. Yeah, for sure. I mean, what, what was that like? Cause you obviously go down to Dubuque and play for the fighting saints there um, you know, what's that like traveling down to Dubuque, which, you know, in America, I mean, you're, you are from Toba, so it's, I mean, Dubuque's a pretty small town, but you're far away from home. You're living with billets. You're, you're probably not familiar. You know, what was that transition like moving away from home and, and playing in America? Yeah, definitely. It was, uh, it was a little bit tough, you know, um, at home, my first year and a half in the MJ, I was, uh, I played at home and then, um, for my, second half of my second year, I was only like three and a half hours away. Um, so when I went to Dubuque, I think I was 16 hours. So that was kind of my first uh, time be- really being away from home where 
Uh, my parents really wouldn't come down often at all. Um, so yeah, definitely some tough times, but I was pretty lucky with, uh, I had exceptional billets there who I'm still really close with. Um, like they're coming to Vegas this week. So, um, but yeah, no, I, I got really lucky with that. And um, Dubuque's a great organization. I got pretty lucky going there. I didn't know anything about the USHL, um, really anything at all about Dubuque. So um, yeah, I kind of lucked out with that spot and uh, was uh, pretty fortunate. What was the, what are the main kind of differences between the MJ and the, and the USHL? Obviously every junior league's different. Some are more offensive, some defensive. Uh, just kind of bring us through you know, what you saw in the MJ, what you saw in the USHL, biggest difference, some of that stuff. Yeah, looking back, it's uh, it's pretty crazy um, to think, like, what what life was, was like in the MJ for a while. Obviously, it's a lot better now where, uh, you know, they're getting a ton of NCAA commitments um, as opposed to when I was in the league. There may be, like, a, a handful throughout the whole league. Um, so, yeah, just a lot of the guys, like, when, when you hit 20 in the MJ, it's kind of – you know, you're moving on, um, going to school or whatever. And, um, now, like I said, obviously they're doing a great job with moving kids on. And, um, I think obviously in the U show, it's, it's a thing where everyone's trying to get to that next level and, um, just, you know, the, the demeanor of kids and, um, the work ethic is, was a lot different. Um, and like I said, again, like, um, obviously the MJ is doing a great job now, but, um, yeah, it was definitely a lot different in, in that time. And, um, I think like, looking back, it was a great stepping stone for me, both, um, both leagues. And, um, you know, I, I think it's really important to kind of be successful where you're at before you move on. And I think I did a good job of that and, um, was led the right way. So I'm, I'm happy the way everything worked out. Yeah. So we always ask this too, is, you know, you obviously are at North Dakota now, when, when did that come about? You know, when did you start getting recruited? How did North Dakota come on the radar? Um, you know, what, what, when they started recruiting you, what did that feel like? Was it, you know, were you, were you juggling back and forth between schools or what was that process like? Yeah, I had uh, kind of a unique process. Actually, my first year in the MJ, I, uh, I commit to Western Michigan. Um, I, uh, had a really good relationship with, uh, both the coaches there who, uh, Andy Murray used to go to his hockey schools growing up in Manitoba. He's a Toba boy. Um, so yeah, I committed to Western Michigan and then, you know, I wanted to be closer to home. I wasn't, uh, very happy with my decision. It was kind of a, a rush decision and, um, I ended up decommitting and, um, you know, UND for any, pretty much any kid in Western Canada, that's, that's a dream school. Um, so, you know, I never thought decommitting, I never thought UND would even be an option and, um, actually, believe it or not, I was waiting to get out of my N- NLI. Um, and I got a text from my agent one morning. I'll never forget it. And I was in my billet house in Dubuque. And uh, it said, uh, you just got released from your NLI. Um, Brad Barry will be giving you a call. And that was the first team that reached out to me. And I I still remember that feeling. It was, it was the coolest thing ever. And um, right from then, I was like, my mind set on it. Like, I, I want to go to UND and that's it. And, um, you know, I had a, a lot of different schools reach out and went on a couple of visits, but, um, you know, I was kind of waiting on that offer from, from UND and I, I made, uh, made sure other teams knew, like I told them, like, um, my goal is to go to UND and, um, if not, like I'll consider you guys, but that's kind of my plan. And, um, you know, I was fortunate enough to, to get an offer and that was easiest decision of my life. So it's, yeah. uh, it's still, still can't believe I'm here. It's pretty surreal. Yeah. it's un- Thank God you didn't go to Western. I mean, I, I'm, I'm very happy. <laughs> I mean, you know, everyone knows. We, we, we are, we are fans of Western on this. Podcast. I love Western. I love, 
I love yeah. Western. I would have respected you if we went there, but thank God he's on our squad because everyone knows I'm a super fan now, and this guy's you know possibly our you know one of our best players, and and he has been all three years he's been here. So um, just fortunate we can have him. And I, I I won't lie, when he was sharing that story, I got chills myself. Just you know when he got when he got told Brad Berry's calling, um, it was very similar to my experience when I decommitted from Denver. Uh, the, the, like the second day after I decommitted from Denver, my dad called me. He's like, Hey, Brad's calling. And, and I got shivers. I was like, Holy fuck. The, let's fucking go, baby. And yeah, I mean, we all know that feeling when, when North Dakota comes calling and they want you, you're like, Holy fuck. This is, this is the, this is quite the feeling right here. Um, but yeah, no racer. We're, we're proud to have you here. And, and, you know, you've been a Sioux, ever since you stepped in the door and, and we always ask this, um, you know, what's it like stepping on a campus from juniors and obviously, you know, growing up in Canada, going down to Buke, you know, you're going to North Dakota. What's it like your first day on campus stepping on, you know, you've got all these visions of what you expect it to be like. And, you know, what, did it live up to the hype? You know, what, what was it like? Yeah, I think uh, obviously mine was a little different just because I came in in the midst of COVID. So everything was online. Like there wasn't really anyone on campus. Everyone was at home doing stuff online. But um, I guess as far as just coming here and, um, you know, just so surreal, like just can't believe I'm here. And um, like even now still walking in the rink every day, I'm like, man, this is the coolest thing ever. Like really, really good for you. And um, it's I, I try and be super mindful of it because one day like, you know, obviously you guys know, like these are the greatest years of your life and it's not even close. Um, so yeah, I think my expectations were pretty high. Um, but you know, I think it's, it's still pretty surreal for me that, that I get to, uh, spend every day here. So, um, but yeah, and then I guess aside from that, the college life is, it's pretty fun. Um, you know, once COVID kind of, uh, went away and obviously we still had quite a bit of fun COVID year, but, uh, no, it was definitely, definitely, uh, living up to the hype and, uh, you know, I don't ever really don't, don't ever want to leave this place. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. That's actually surprising me. I, I didn't really realize COVID was a thing in North Dakota. I thought just they kind of boxed it out from Minnesota and all the other places and just kind of kept it inside and just well, what's COVID, you know, like, yeah, that's a funny thing. Yeah. It kind of like, obviously, you know, I'd love to share some stories, but it was, uh, yeah, obviously we had to kind of behave, but at the same time, it was just, it was like North Dakota just had completely different uh, than everyone else. So yeah, I can I mean, imagine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I feel bad. I, I do. I, I remember COVID happening and the first thing I could think of is all these guys playing college hockey or college sports and how some of those years were, were kind of um, wrecked for them with, with that. And especially, you know, that team we had, I mean, I was especially pissed because the team we had that year, you know, was unbelievable. And we were number one in the nation the whole year. And um, it kind of gets taken away from us. But uh, thankfully, I crowned them national champions. So um, we do kind of have, you know, nine national champions on the record. Just, you know, if that year didn't go away. Uh, I know some fans get pissed at me for saying that. But, you know, they can be pissed. Fuck them. Um but yeah, I mean, you're at North Dakota and, and not everyone, you know, I was, I was fortunate 
Ols kind of went through, you know, a year where they didn't make the tournament or whatever. And it, was, it was tough. I was fortunate to, you know, all four years, my first three years, we went to the Frozen Four. My senior year, you know, we lose to BU in triple overtime in the, in the, in the regional. We had a great team that year. So I was fortunate to play on really good teams at North Dakota, which I think you are as well. I mean, you, you've raised the Penrose Cup the last two years. Um, you know what kind of what kind of weight do you guys hold on your shoulders there? Because, you know, people know, but people don't fully realize the town of Grand Forks. You know, if 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 you're playing on UND and you don't have a great season, or even if you are having a great season and have an off weekend, the feeling in the town's a little different. I mean, people take that shit seriously, right? Like in Grand Forks, they're hard on you. Like the fans. They they hold you to a they hold you to a very high standard. You need to be good every year, and I mean, how much weight do you guys put on your shoulders? You know, and especially going back to that Gopher game on Saturday, you lose Friday. It's like there's so many UND fans here watching Saturday. Like we can't fucking we can't fucking lose this one. We're wearing black jerseys. You know, how much weight do you guys feel on your shoulders from the town and the fans as a whole? Yeah, I think it's definitely something we're mindful of. Like, um, obviously, we want to win for them because, you know, they're the best fans in the world. And, um, you know, we got to give back to them. But uh, I think, like like you said, the standard here is just, is just so high. The bar is set so high. And um, obviously, the other thing is just pride. Um, obviously, like I said before, we want to win for pride. And, um, yeah, I think, you know, having those fans hard on you is it's obviously can be a good thing. Um, but, yeah, like I said, the standard is just so high. And, um, you know, they, they deserve uh, – a lot of Sioux wins. So um, it's definitely cool to see, you know, when we are winning. And I, I remember last year, like we said, right after Christmas, I think we like, went 0-4 and some, we got swept by Cornell at home and like Grand Forks was just blowing up. And then kind of a couple <laughs> weeks after that, we just went on a heater and we had like so many injuries and yeah. we just swept Duluth at Amsoil. And yeah. it's like just a totally different world, you know, yeah. as, yeah so that's uh yeah saw the full experience there yeah i loved i loved when that happened last year when you guys kind of went on that skid um because i see all the north dakota fans and how much they panic you know they panic right away after i mean if even if you're even if you're 15 and 0 and you lose one game they're like we're done Season over, you, know, like, you know you read you read like the whatever twitter all the socials and you see some of the comments they're like we're done it's over season's over well that whole time you know i i i, I take pride in this that whole time i'm i'm kind of pulling the a raj like r-e-a-r-e-l-a-x relax we'll be okay and then and then you guys win the fucking penrose and i'm tweeting out like how are you guys feeling in January? Did you see this happening? You fucking idiots. You know, like take it easy. But uh, that is, I mean, that's for sure. That's a hundred percent part of the program and why they are so good. Because without that pressure, would you, you know, would you play that well? I don't know. You know, I remember thinking, you know, half the time we're playing, we're trying to play our hardest because we don't want to get, you know, killed going out to B-dubs the next weekend, you know? It's just like, fuck, if we lose this game, people are going to think we're fucking losers. You know, North Dakota doesn't lose. So I did, I mean, I, I appreciate those fans that way and how, how much they held us up to a high standard. I think it, I think they, the, the North Dakota fans hold a huge factor in how well the team does 
because um, we push them to be better and put a little pressure on their backs. And, and you definitely feel it as a, as a player. And one of the best things I remember from college was we used to go home after, you know, I remember my sophomore year, I think, or yeah, sophomore year, we got, we got beat, we got beat and then tied to a, a pretty shitty team. And one of my buddies, Keaton Thompson was looking at the Sioux forum and we're sitting in the living room and he's looking at the, he's looking at the Sioux forum and we're sitting there watching TV and he like throws his phone and we're like, what the fuck is that? He's like fucking Sioux forums tripping. We're like, why the fuck are you looking at that? And then, and then, and then we're making accounts looking at it. Like, what are these idiots saying? And they're like, this guy needs to be cut. He's done. You know, they're so hard. Like, do you guys ever look at that shit or you just block it out? Uh, no, not really. Obviously sometimes it's kind of hard to block out. You, you do end up seeing some stuff, but, um, yeah, I, I like those forums are pretty ruthless. Like I remember we had one in the MJ, it was called network 54 and can't imagine the shit that was on there. Like <laughs> half, half the time it was like guys in the league, like making burners and just going on there and like just ruining guys. <laughs> It was, it was ruthless, but yeah, no, sometimes that stuff is kind of hard to block out. Cause you know, you, you do want to read some stuff. You want to go like, Oh, like this team had a bad night. Let's go see if they're getting ripped. And then, Oh, your name pops up. You're like, Oh shit, I shouldn't have turned that on. But uh, yeah, no, it's, it's definitely something you try to block out. I think. <laughs> yeah. That's that. I, I, I that, just... that kind of, that kind of took over our locker room a little bit gauger. Oh, that's yeah. too far. I mean, it guys were so obsessed funny. with it and it was, it was just so like, funny. Some Joe Schmo up in the stands is like, oh, 11 needs to sit down for the rest of his career. What a, you know, like, what? It, it's hilarious well, because the fans are just yeah. so passionate, Hell but yeah. they, they, they got no idea what's going on in that locker room and on the ice. So it's like you said, it, I can imagine it's hard to, you know, differentiate the good and the bad. It's just like, you got to take it how it is. Yeah, I mean, yeah, some sure. guys take it a certain way, and some guys take it other ways. It's it's it really is funny. I mean, <laughs> you can't listen to what the fans are saying because, you know, I've always said it because I've been scratched. You know, I'll sit up in the fucking press box, scratch, and I'm like, "Fuck, this guy's playing like shit." That was an easy play to make. You're like, you're sitting up in the stands, <laughs> and you can see all the plays like that should be made. And when you're on the ice, like. It ain't like that. Like you got a split second to make the decision and you can't see that guy up on the blue line when four guys are four checking you like the fans can. Like it's not the same game when you're when you're a spectator and when you're playing. It's not even fucking close. We were just talking about that the other the other day after QPAC. We were like one of the guys in the stands was saying like he's like, "Yeah, like I can't believe you, you watch those plays and you're like, "Oh, you have you had so much time or like this guy was open and when you're on the ice, you don't see any of that, right? So it's totally night and day. And it changes each weekend, right? You play against a Denver or a UMD, and you you literally have 0.2 seconds before you're getting slammed into the boards, where, you know, a different team like Minnesota that plays a possession game or whatever, they give you a little more space and time. So sometimes you get it, and you, you're like, oh, okay, I got time now. Each game is different, and that's what yeah. people don't really understand yeah. either. So research. I wanted to ask you, you know, obviously the Gophers traditionally with North Dakota are the biggest rivalry. Um, during my time since the NCHC, I mean, I only played the Gophers three times. We, you know, we played them in the Frozen Four and then we played them my senior year at Mariucci. They were nowhere near our biggest rivalry when I was playing. 
my our mine was Duluth. It wasn't even close. Like they were the biggest rivalry. So nowadays, you know, in your time, who would you say is your guys' biggest rivalry? Like you guys just match up against and you know, you know you play some teams that, you know, are really good and you respect each other, but then you play another really good team and you guys just fucking hate each other. Do you guys have any of that with any of those schools? Yeah, I think that uh, definitely like when you play them and you know they're really good and there's that respect factor, I think that's Duluth for me, spot on. Um, you're like, yeah, like obviously it's an absolute battle. You know you're going into a dog fight and um, you have mutual respect because there's so much like us, you know, um, the way we play. But um, then I think a team we go in and play and we're just like, fuck these guys is, is got to be Denver. Yeah. Um, so that's probably number one for us. And especially yeah. last year, like seeing them hoist that was, I remember watching that game and just terrible feeling. And uh, we only got to play them once, one series last year. And that was at home. We actually ended up sweeping them. And then after that, they went on like a 15 and one heater or something. And yeah, that's definitely, uh, those definitely be the two for, for us right now, I think in this time. Yeah. I think, you know, also, I don't know if you, I don't know if you felt the same, but I think hundred percent ours was, ours was a little during our time, it was a little swapped. Like the Denver guys, we respected each other, very good team, but it was never really chippy. But then Duluth was the opposite. Like, fuck yeah. these guys. Like these guys are fucking coming hard. Like, and you're chirping the whole game. Like, I mean, God, my, my best buddy, my so best fun. buddy, girl. My best, my best buddy growing up played for the Bulldogs, and I was motherfucking that guy every shift. I was in his <laughs> yeah. ear. It was just something about that series, the whole Sandlin Bradbury thing. Uh, like you said, we play such similar styles to them. It was just a clash every single time. I, I, I loved the Duluth series. It was my favorite because it was the most physical. Uh, that's the kind of game that I played. So <laughs> yeah. I ate that shit up. I loved it. So Reese, I did want to bring up uh, or just ask about, you know, cause I know when, when we, when Olsen and I were in school, there were, there was no transfer portal. We didn't have transfers coming in. It was freshmen coming in, seniors leaving. That's it. Um, and, you know, I know the culture we created there. It, it starts in, in you know, you're, you're a true, sir. You're, you're, you went there freshman year and you, you grew up in it. Um, and there's a culture there that you, you know, I didn't know when I was a freshman and it took me till sophomore year to kind of understand how, how to be a North Dakota hockey player and what the culture's like. And, you know, you're not only playing for the team, but when you're playing a game, you feel the pressure of the fans like, hey, we got to win this for these fans because they're unbelievable. We're not going to let these guys down. Um, you know, we're doing this for the team. We've been here this whole time. So what's the transfer portal been like? Because you've had, you know, quite a few transfers come in from other schools. Is it a little different? Does it take them a little while to adapt to the you know, know that culture, which is, you know, these fans put a lot of pressure on us from where, you know, wherever you came from, there's no chance they put as much pressure on you there. Um, the, it, have you noticed anything there or have those guys kind of seamlessly transitioned into the team? Uh, yeah, I think you can look at it two ways. Like um, obviously with, with our staff and the way we recruit, like you're going to just get great culture guys and you know, they're going to, they're going to bring in good kids. So um, I think it, it's pretty easy for them to to fit into the culture. But then on the other side, you kind of look at it and, you, you know, they're always telling stories about like, man, I can't believe this or this. Just like 
you know, the, how lucky we have it here. Um, it was like what they came from, how, how much different it is. And, um, you know, I think they realize how special um, they have it when they're here. And, you know, uh, they're like, I wish I could play, could have played four years here. Right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think obviously the guys we bring in are, are great culture guys and just great people, um, which is obviously um, so important here. So, um, yeah, I think they've, uh, from what I've seen, I think they've, they've done a really good job of coming in and, um, you know, kind of learning from, from the, the returners that we do have and um, just kind of ingrained in that culture. Do you think, what's your overall thought process on the transfer portal? Do you think high-end schools um, benefit more from it? You know, what's your overall view? Um, I'm just kind of curious as a college hockey player, you know, um, we've talked many times where, you know, I was more of a third, fourth line guy. um, And then, you know, if somebody were to come in and transfer in, you know, how that would have, have affected the way that I looked at it, you know, overall um, at college hockey, what do you think about the transfer portal? Yeah. I th- again, I think there's a lot of different ways to look at it. Like for a guy that maybe um, is kind of buried in a lineup and just needs a change of scenery or, um, you know, we have guys that, that might be playing on our lower lines that could go to another school and, and be on their top line. Um, but then again, I think, um, like you said, for, for guys getting like brought in and then it pushes other guys back, you know, it's tough for guys who have been here two, three years and then put in that time. Um, so obviously that's tough and it, it does push back freshmen and, um, you know, it is what it is. I think, you know, it's, uh, just something that, that's happened. And I think obviously from maybe from a, a coach's standpoint, recruiting standpoint, it's maybe a little more difficult, but you know, for us, I just try and kind of worry about who's coming in and, you know, show them the way and, um, just kind of, yeah, everyone here is, is selfless and, and understands. So I think that's a huge part of it. Yeah, that's that, that's a great answer, honestly. And, and, you know, I've always, since the transporter opened, I've always, you know, and it, and it plays to the North Dakota second half more because, you know, even last year, um, I don't know if you guys, I don't think you guys started off like as hot as you guys ended. Um, and I kept telling people, I'm like, hey, like North Dakota's a, it's a culture you have to you have to learn you have to you have to get into and it takes time and a lot of their players are transfers from different schools so they don't know what you know how North Dakota is how it works how it operates and you come the second half and they these guys are gonna fucking get it together and I I don't, I don't know I mean some of the transfer players you know I mean we lost AC Ashton Calder. Um, I think he's at what Penn state now, or where's he at? Yeah. Yeah. Penn state. So, I mean, that's tough, but you know, I just, I, I like it. You know, we got, we got Jandrick in there and I mean, he's playing well. And I mean, how many transfers to Ritter? I mean, Dritter's fucking weekend in Minnesota was like huge. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. Then, then we got farmer, uh, came yeah. from UMass, um, Sadorsky, uh, came from union. Um, I'm trying to think, do we have anyone up front? I don't think so. No, we don't. So, um, yeah, all, all, all great guys. So, yeah, I think, I think the best thing that you said was, you know, it's, it's dependent on what the person wants as a player. Like if they feel like they're getting slammed or, or kept into a certain position and they want to go try something else out, they have the freedom to do that. Now um, it might not always work out for people. You, you never know. It's, it's kind of like gambling on yourself. So I, I just like that you uh, brought that point up as well. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Um, I I don't know. Yeah, I've always been a fan of the. I like the transfer portal just because you know I'm a North Dakota fan and I know every college hockey player if they're good, 
they're probably going to want to come to North Dakota. So I'm like, yeah, fucking let's go. Transfer portal, let's go. <laughs> you know? But, uh, um, no, I mean, what you know, the goalie situation in North Dakota right now, DeRitter comes in, you know, how do you guys – I know as a player, a goalie comes in, and we had a transfer my freshman year. We had a transfer goalie from Alabama Huntsville. Um, a little different. He sat out a year and had to come back. Clark Saunders, he was unbelievable. One of my favorite guys ever. I mean, Dorito comes in this year and he start kind of starts a goaltender battle. Um, you know, what are those guys thinking? You know, how do you guys feel about Dorito going forward? Is is he the guy? Is there a battle to be had there? Yeah, I think there's definitely a battle there. Um, you know, we got uh we got three great guys and, and great goalies there. Um, you know, I think obviously um, DeRitter played a heck of a weekend here. And, um, you know, at any given time, like we saw it in QPAC, um, DeRitter got uh, got yanked and we didn't play very well in front of him. And Helston came in and um, got us the win and in the shootout. So, um, yeah, we have trust in both guys. And it's uh, it's pretty awesome to see. Like, you know, DeRitter, he's, he's played four years at a um, – a school where their record wasn't good all four years. He, they had tough years and he still put up really good numbers uh, for a goalie. So, you know, we have a lot of faith in him and uh, we also have a lot of faith in Helly. So um, the whole year, I think we're, we're pretty happy and confident to have two guys that, uh, you know, we can throw in at any time. Is, is Carl Gehring still running the, uh, the shooting stuff before practice with the goalies? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, are, yeah. You, are you a guy that heads out there early? No, he doesn't. Uh, he never gets any players out there. We usually get uh, like I don't know if you guys had uh, Paul Deucer while you guys were here. Was Deuce? Oh yeah, Deuce. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, so um, so yeah, Deuce goes out there and shoots, and and Jacks, you know, he's in there. Like, get me in the drills. Like, fuck, I'm gonna Loving score. Jacks, Jacks, Jacks was taking my reps during middle of practice. I mean, he's. A, I'm like, I'm trying to get reps like as a freshman. Like, oh uh, yeah, like I need reps. I need to get better here. And Jacks is like, well, hold off. I'm taking this one. <laughs> he's, he's he's right. <laughs> All the time, and then sometimes we'll get uh, we'll get Almer when he can when he can come out and practice. He'll uh, he'll shoot on them in the mornings. But yeah, it's usually never uh, players. But yeah, goalies are always out there in the mornings before, and um, KG's got them working. I gotta I gotta give KG a call. I love that shit. I was a shooter in that so every single time. I love that. He's got to get the players back in on it because yeah, that yeah. that was fun as hell. That was the best. So the one. The one thing we will do before practice is, is Jaxel. He'll stick his head in the locker room and backhand club, backhand club. Oh, get yeah, there backhand it is. Club, we're, baby. We're like, oh, fuck, boys. Let's go throw on some ACDC and we're out. <laughs> <laughs> catch catch absolute fucking missiles on the backhand from Jax. Yeah, he's throwing I used to, absolute heat. I used to always pick I used to always pick Bub's side because he'd give a little easier pass. Jax would just throw a hundred mile an hour slap shot past your backhand. You're like Buddy, I couldn't catch this on my forehand. And, and, he, and he'd miss he'd miss your stick by two feet and go, fucking, come on, Oles, fucking grab that one. Oh, uh, yeah, no, I, I love it when, uh, especially in practice, like when a guy, when a guy misses a backhand pass, jacks automatically every time. Like backhand club, backhand club, play like a Sioux, come on. So <laughs> I do have a question about, about Carl. Um, you guys always do the Thursday pregame shootout, you know, yeah. That's that's where Carl gained his nickname Twinkle Toes from us, because he'd skate up the ice with his 
you know, he's a goalie, so he's used to like lifting his feet off the ice. So he's like skating up the ice, lifting his like feet like a foot in the air. <laughs> and he looks like he's twinkle toying down. That's <laughs> like, is he still skating like that? Or is he learned how to skate like every, a player? Every time, every time he goes down for a shootout where everyone starts yelling twinkle toes, like he's like prancing and he's got his hands so close and he's like up here. He's just like prancing. <laughs> so funny. And twinkle he, toes, baby. Never a stick handle either. Like no. he just, he just pushes the puck, you know, he's, he's pushing the puck and like five pounds of snow on there. And he's like <laughs> waiting to, waiting to shoot or something. So funny. Have any of the, have any of the coaches won a shootout yet this year? Uh, no, not this year, but I do believe one won it last year. I, I honestly think it might've been Bubs. I might be wrong, but I honestly think Bubs won one last year because you know, same thing. He comes down with his long stick and he's just pushing it right. And the first one he scored, and it went to the second round. And he faked the shot and pulled it to his back end. Obviously, the goal he didn't expect at all. He had a wide open net, and the boys just went crazy. It was <laughs> oh, yeah. that's the best when the when the coach because all the coaches have a signature move that they do every shootout. You know, like throughout the season, Bubs has come down the right side and try to rip like a half clapper blocker. <laughs> Every time, and if anyone ever, if any of them ever changed it, they just get the goalie standing in the corner. Like they exactly. never changed. Hundred percent, yeah, hundred percent. That's good shit. Well, Reeser, how did the? You know, I wanted to get back to because Olson and I grew up in Walsh Hall, so you know we're sitting in Walsh Hall just fucking in the trenches, you know. But it was the best year of our lives. Are, are these guys getting pampered now with their own, you know, apartment and, you know, we're staying with each other. We got our own living room, you know, are they, they're kind of getting pampered now, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, they are. I, I can't talk too much because my freshman year, since I came in as a, like an age out of junior, I got to live in an apartment. So that was kind of nice. I lived in a campus place buying the new red pep um, in those apartments, quick walk to, uh, to Casper's over there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 and uh yeah no those guys they live in nice dorms like i've been in the dorms a couple times this year to go see blaker and and omac and yeah they got they got some nice uh some nice dorms in there so walsh hall i've, I've never been to walsh i've only heard about it and wake up yeah. with strep throat wake <laughs> up with strep throat for six months straight places fucking black mold central <laughs> i mean it it actually pains me to hear those guys don't have to go to Walsh Hall. You know, like those nights, I, I think my freshman class, the entire class slept in my dorm room because we all pitched in and bought an air conditioning unit at the start <laughs> of the year. And we had the thing blown out the back and it, it was the only cold room in the dorm. So fucking all seven of us are just sleeping in the same dorm room, you know, bunking up together. Um, and, you know, that sucked, obviously, but it was like something that was like, fuck, this is, this is part of it. You know, like all these other guys went to Walsh. So at the same time, you know, like I am jealous of you guys, but I do feel bad that you don't get to experience that shithole Walsh. So, I mean, what's, what's Walsh Hall looking like right now? I mean, who's staying there? What is it? Yeah, I'm, I'm not exactly sure. I've actually never been in there. I was thinking like, I got to find find a way to get in there you gotta get in there you gotta get in there for at least an hour yeah yeah are you guys yeah, still? I, you guys aren't going to this you guys aren't going to squires hall anymore to get food you're going to uh where are they going now what's 
Wilkerson. Wilkerson. Wilkerson, yeah, yeah. But like those guys don't eat there ever. It's just because everything's at the rink. I think like I think old Mac and Blake are maybe on a Sunday they'll go grab a greasy burger or something, but um a little Philly yeah, cheese no. steak. Oh. Yeah, 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 but no, I uh, yeah, I definitely gotta maybe try and make some friends in Walsh or something. Yeah, just go yeah. for it. Now. You gotta get over there. Remember going to Squires and getting a Philly cheesesteak, and then getting some <laughs> Chinese, and then maybe getting some penne rosa, and just <laughs> being sick after. I'm like, boy, I don't know, my stomach hurts. <laughs> What'd you eat last night? Uh, Philly cheesesteak, penne rosa, and uh, some low mine. <laughs> Well, that's probably why your stomach hurts, you fucking idiot. <laughs> Those are good old days, though, man. Um, but uh, but to move on, Reeser. So obviously you've you've been in North Dakota the whole time since the day you stepped on campus. You've you've been an impact player. I mean, it's you've been a guy who the fans have been. You know, we need Gamer to play well. We need all this, whatever. Do you do you feel did you feel pressure as a freshman and even now, you know, being being the guy you are, being the player you are on the team, how much how much weight do you put on your shoulders to, you know, carry this team to wins and success? Um, do you try to ignore that? Do you wear it? What what does that feel like? Yeah, I think uh, to answer the first question, like coming in um, as a freshman, I didn't really have much expectations. Like, um, you know, I wasn't sure if I obviously had a, I had a successful year in the USHL, but, um, you know, I, I knew college was a different animal and coming in, I wasn't sure if I if I was going to be an everyday and lineup guy and everything. And uh, obviously I got pretty, pretty fortunate to play on um, a line with some pretty good players and um, had some success. And <clears throat> yeah, I think now it's just a thing where um you know, I, I know it's, I'm expected to play well um, by everyone. And, you know, I have a high standard for myself as well. And um, I think, it, you know, I, I know that it's always up to me to perform for um, for myself and, you know, get better to move on to that next level one day. And um, I think, yeah, I just kind of wear it. And I try to, you know, not get too hard on myself. I'm, I'm pretty, uh, pretty hard on myself typically, but, you know, um, I think just trying to be mindful just playing freely and enjoy is, is pretty important too. So, um, you know, I, I try and wear it, but in a, in a manner where it's not, uh, you know, un, has a negative impact on me, I guess. For sure. I want to add on uh, usually a question we ask is when did you kind of realize that this was something that you wanted to do full time, obviously growing up in Canada and all that, you had dreams of, uh, playing in the NHL. Um, you're getting closer to those dreams. Like when, when did it kind of click, like that's an opportunity and, you know, I want to go full bore into this thing. Uh, yeah. I think once I kind of my first year <clears throat> um, of juniors, maybe even second year juniors kind of where I really um, realized like I can, you know, I can get to that next, that next level uh, college. And um, I think it was probably my second year in the USHL where I kind of realized like, you know, maybe I can, I can really get to pro and, um, and do this. And I think just as time has went on, I, I've kind of um, proved to myself that I can, that I can get there one day. And, um, you know, obviously still got a lot of work to do, but um, it's definitely something that's in, in the back of my mind. And I think uh, as long as I keep going in, in the right direction, I, I think I'm confident that hopefully one day I can, I can get there. So, um, you know, focus on, uh, on winning a, winning a natty hanging that ninth banner this year. And um, yeah, uh, yeah, that's, that's a big thing for me. So, and everyone in the soccer room. Yeah. Well, and, and, and to add on, you know, you, you want to make it to the next level. 
it's gonna it's gonna make you feel a little more comfortable about your summer you had you went to you went to Bruins camp or you know the development camp there and you know I remember seeing you going to the Bruins camp and I remember reading articles um, from from Bruins beat reporters you know on they're writing they're writing articles on you Reese Gaber and and how good you were there and gritty and that was no surprise to me I mean you're you're a hockey player. I mean, you're, you're not, you, you play hard, you play right. You're a small guy, obviously, but you, you fucking, you give it out there. How much confidence does that give you, you know, going into Bruins development camp, kind of showing out, playing well, um, and making an impact at an NHL organization that, you know, I'm sure when you were, you know, whatever 15 or 16 like you said and you got drafted or whatever and you're fucking four foot 11 and now you come to this moment and you got a fucking you got the goddamn boston bruins you know reporters talking about you like this guy fucking showed up for development camp like this guy made an impression you know how much confidence does that give you going into this season and even in the future in your career yeah definitely definitely a lot i think obviously um, you know, I, I showed that uh, I, I can play with, you know, those those top end guys that uh, were obviously at camp and stuff. And um, I, I think the big thing for me is just like, you know, there, there's a ton of skilled guys out there that can they can go and, and score goals and whatever. And um, a ton of small skilled guys. But, um, you know, I think the big thing for me is, is my work ethic and kind of the motor that I have. Like, um, you know, I'm not afraid to go in the corners and throw the body. And um, just I think that the grit aspect I have. To me, I think it's probably the Toba in me, but um, yeah, it's kind of just got me to where I am and um, kind of separated me from from other players. And I think you know that's that's kind of my identity that I got to stick with. And um, as long as I keep doing that, I think it's gonna help get me places. So um, yeah, it's definitely help helps with my confidence. And um, you know, just always got to be mindful of that. Yeah, I think so as well. I mean, I I always think of I always think of players going in the NHL or going to pro, and you know. You've got you're you're top line guy. I mean, you're you're an A list prospect, obviously, first line guy in North Dakota. Um, there's a lot of guys that you know going to pro where I don't feel as comfortable with that are first line guys in college because that first line in pros is much harder to crack. You know, the, the, those guys are the the guys that have been there for seven to fifteen years, and you're not taking their spot. And it's tough for a guy who can only pay, who can only play a top two line role. You know, they can only, they can't play a grinder. They can't do all this. Well, I, th- you know, your game is so rounded. You should feel comfortable with that for sure. And I, I, you might, I'm sure you do. I think when I watch you, I'm like, this guy's going to be a good pro hockey player. He can play. You know, he's a first-line guy, but he can also play third-line. He's effective on the third-line. He's fucking hard-nosed, gives it. He can he can play any line he wants, and that's how you get a crack to NHL, I think, And which is why I liked Pogo so much because Pogo can be that top-two-line guy, but he can also fucking grind it out, um, and it's similar to you. And I, 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 do, I do respect you for that, and that's why I've been a huge fan of watching you play for North Dakota. 
you can you can play on. I mean, Bubs can send you down on the fourth line. And you can fit in right in with those guys. I mean, you can go run guys with Jackson Coons and fucking whoever. You know, it's it doesn't matter. You can be up on the first line with Jackson Blake and Gavin Hain and all those guys. And I mean, that's a huge aspect to the game of hockey that many players didn't have, which is what I didn't have either. I mean, I was a defensive guy only. I couldn't play offense. You know, I only had one route to get there. You've got a couple. So you should feel confident in that, and that should give you confidence throughout the year. And um, No, man, I'm, I'm excited to watch you guys the rest of the year. I have, I, have so much, I have so much faith in this UND team after that weekend at Minnesota. Like, to be on that team and to come back in that game after a loss like that on Friday, that – People don't realize how big of a part of a season that is, character-wise and team identity-wise. That's a huge fucking part. You guys you guys should have the most confidence in the fucking nation right now. Yeah, no, that was, that was definitely a huge weekend for us. And, um, you know, like I said, where we're at right now isn't where we're going to be at in January, February, March, and then April um, when it comes time to uh, – Hopefully get to Tampa. So, um, yeah, damn right. Um, Great really spot. Great it. spot. Tampa, baby. Oh, it's yeah. time. It's time. It's time for you guys. I love it. Yeah. Well, if anyone has any other questions, let me know. But, uh, Racer, thanks for coming on, man. Really appreciate having you here, giving us the time midweek. Um, we'll obviously be watching in Vegas. God damn it. That's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, no, thanks for having me, guys. I uh, really appreciate it. It was a lot of fun. I'm uh, glad I got to join you boys for night. So, yeah, that's awesome. For sure, brother. Go get number nine. Yeah, go get number nine, Racer. Thanks for coming on. Let the boys know. All right, thanks, boys.